Welcome to Stumbling Through Work, where educators figure shit out. I'm your host, Jared Huff, and I'm here to explore and share the complexities of our work and to let you know you are not alone. Before we start, though, please follow this podcast and share episodes with others. You can find me on my website, www.jarekhuff.com, where you can find links to my social media and where I share information and tips for educators. Now, let's jump into today's episode. You are here with me for another episode of Stumbling Through Work, where educators figure shit out. Today, we're talking about when you have company in the building, when there's company in the school. Now, let me tell y'all what happened last week. So, I'm having... I'm at one of my schools and I'm having a conversation with a state representative for a program that we're about to engage in. Super excited about it. Um, it's also a colleague of mine that, we're on, that we do other things in the community with. So kind of know each other. So we're in an empty classroom having a conversation, going over the fine, finer details of certain things. And we're done. That's what's important about the conversation. This part is done. We walk into the hall and I hear a teacher like yelling down the hallway, like unnecessarily yelling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's embarrassing me right now. And she's just yelling, trying to get people's attention. She's just unnecessarily loud. So then I tried to give her the illusion like, hey, we got company. So let me, I was like, hey, Miss So-and-so, how are you today? How's everything going? I, I said it extremely loud to get her attention so that she would look at me. Did y'all know she didn't look at me and continued on with her rant and rave. So as this is happening, I can't really say anything because I'm, I'm here with somebody. So the director is down the adjacent hallways, like two hallways, and she hears her. So she comes out of her office and then she sees me and we make that eye contact like, yeah, girl, she embarrassing the shit out of us. Like we said it with our eyes. And she goes to handle her situation. So I'm just in here like, oh my gosh, I am so mortified. And then it became that awkward silence. So it was like, and I was like, you know what? I decided to try to make a joke. I'm like, I'm like, some people just need to realize their inside voices. Like I tried to play it off. Like I couldn't not acknowledge it because that would have made it even more awkward. So I was like, let me, you know, try to acknowledge it in a humorous way. So we're talking. And we're walking out the building. Then we get to the lobby at the front door. So, awesome, great, I'm excited, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'll see you later. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Now, as we're doing our farewell, our conclusion, I see a staff member next, like, three feet away, trying to get my attention. Now, I have this rule. Don't talk to me when I'm talking to somebody else. And that person is trying to get my attention. I'm ignoring them intentionally because I'm in the middle of talking to company. After the person leaves, I look at that person and I'm like, yes, you had a question. And they ask me the question. Y'all, the question that they asked was a question. I'm not going to tell you what the question was. But that was an in-house conversation. And my rebuttal was, 
and this is this is exactly how I said it. Probably wasn't the best, but it was irritable. And my response was, "Why would you ask me that in front of company? I don't understand." That could have waited till I left. I felt like the father that I am. That's how the tone that I would have used with my own child. Why would you ask me that question? Like in front of somebody else. And I was like, that's why I ignored your question. <laughs> because I didn't know what you were going to say. And that is why I don't answer questions from staff when I'm talking to other people because you never know what they're going to say. Maybe after that situation, that director finished talking to that teacher, which, by the way, I wanted to fire her ass on the spot. But, you know, we have to do the thing where we coach teachers and train them to be better. But you just embarrass me in these streets like that. I want to fire your ass immediately on the spot and tell you not to come back. But I digress. Anyways, the director comes back and we're talking. And then we're just like, do people not know how to act when company is in the building? And I said, well, maybe, maybe they don't. One, I guess one is, well, who do they define as company? And to me, everybody is company. And that means enrolled families. That means people that are already in attendance, people that have that are paying their money currently, people that are touring. So any touring families, anyone that's trying to come look at us, see what we're about, give us their money. Any state and health officials. So that could be your state licensing, your health department. Um, in my case, other people from other programs, we work with the state, social workers, whoever it may be, any of the above. I mean, it could be anybody, it could be the damn plumber. I don't care. Everybody, even including staff members, to me are considered company because staff members have children. Staff members have, you know, they may say something to somebody else like, hey, you know, we have an opening in our spot. And I know, you, you know, one of my friends is looking for, you know, looking for care. You never know who anybody is. So everybody to me is company. Now, for me, when company comes, I was raised that, you know, you look the best, you look your best, you put on your best, you do the most for when you have company. You know, it's the seen and not heard and being crazy. Now, I'm not just saying not be, you know, be seen and not heard. But what I'm saying is just don't be saying crazy stuff. You know, questions can questions can be asked and waited for later. Unless it's an emergency, don't interrupt me. You don't embarrass your family. You don't say or do things that embarrass your family when you have company. And you always use your manners. Excuse me. Yes, no, please, thank you. Basic things. To me, this is what you do when you have company. On topic, though. I hate when I'm touring a family and a teacher interrupts to ask for something stupid like paint. What the hell? Who does that? But let me tell you, I ignore them at that moment. But wait till that tour is over. Just wait, because I'm going in to have a real conversation. Do not. And I am this. It's the company thing. There are certain things I'm lenient with and certain things I make my expectations clear. You do not interrupt me when I'm on a tour with the family. You do not interrupt me when I'm speaking to a family unless it is an emergency, unless the building is on fire or somebody is dead. Somebody's not chopped up. You do not interrupt me. Got it? 
understand moving forward. Do not do that again. I don't play with that shit. Don't do that. I'm trying to tour a family and you're just like, oh, and I'm like, yes, and this is our so-and-so room and I need some paint. Whoa, poor planning on my part does not constitute an emergency on yours. Back it up real quick and get it together. Sorry, it's just a pet peeve of mine when when people do that, even though that was on topic. But all jokes aside, we do have to train our staff on professional skills that we deem important in our school because we cannot automatically assume that everyone operates the same way. They may they may not even see a problem with what they do. But this is when we have to share our expectations, when we have to show people how we want to be seen and how we operate within our schools. I've learned a long time ago, you can't assume because we know what happens when you assume. We have to take the time, even though it is frustrating, even though I wanted to fire her ass on the spot, it became a training and teaching moment for her director. Because I was pissed because you just embarrassed the shit out of me with those whole antics yelling down the hallway and carrying like that. But but I know I am definitely not alone on this. And if you know someone that needs to hear this and wants to realize that they're not the only one, send this episode to them and we'll be right back. We all want our schools or programs to be the best. And although every school is different, all successful programs have the same fundamentals. Best Practices for High-Quality Preschool, After-School, and Enrichment Programs by Jarek Huff share standards to foster a high-quality program. These tips will help you put your best service forward, focusing on your children, families, and communities. Best Practices for High-Quality Preschool, After-School, and Enrichment Programs by Jarek Huff is available on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. We are back. I'm not sure if I've ever talked about evidence of learning on the podcast, but if I haven't, I love evidence of learning. Um, EOLs, evidence of learning, they really serve primarily two purposes. One, the proof of purchase, and then another assessment. Now, I'm not even going to talk about assessments because that's just a whole nother episode, but proof of purchase. I believe that families should consistently see EOLs, evidence of learning, I'm just going to say EOLs from now on, um, from their classrooms. And so your evidence of learning, those are the projects, the papers, the scribbles, anything that the child does, families should see them. To me, children's work is the receipt for families. It's the proof of purchase. It's something that is tangible that the family can receive from the child because families can't see what happens in the classroom throughout the entire day. But the EOLs are an insight into what was done for that day. It's important to me because it's the receipt for the parent, and that's how I look at it. Yes, parents come in, they pay their tuition, and they get a copy of the receipt. Oh, I paid so-and-so. To me, that's just that's a transaction. As a parent, what they want to receive is the artwork. 
the science project, the scribbles, the fingerprints, whatever it is that you're doing, that is a receipt that they can say my child actually did something that was engaging for the day and I can see what they did. Uh, I tell staff a lot of the times that families can't see what we do, what we do throughout the day, but there's three moments that they get. What happens at drop-off, what happens at pickup, and what happens with they what happens with what they go home with. And that constitutes the entire day from a parent's perspective. Because you could have taught those kids, you know, calculus three and you could have went over, you know, Einstein's theories. They don't know any of that happened through throughout the day. All they know is when I dropped off, this is what I seen. I seen whatever classroom management that was happening or was not happening, and I seen whatever artwork was on the wall. When I picked up, all I seen was whatever happened was in the classroom, whatever classroom management that was, what, you know, what papers, what projects were on the wall. And then I was given something. And what was I given? That is what I'm going to expect happen throughout the day. It really is that simple. Look in your classrooms. Look around to see how much evidence of learning and I do that when I go to schools and that lets me know I'm like are you like a daycare babysitting situation or are your children learning if I go into a room and I don't see evidence of learnings if I don't see EOLs on the walls if I don't see projects and cubbies ready to go home to me y'all been playing all day and that's not what we're here for we're here for these kids to have hands-on experiences for them to be learning for them to be physically doing things that's what I signed up for and that's what I do. I did not sign up for you just to sit there and watch them. It's all about the work. It's all about what we see from that work. So evidence of learning, also known as your proof of purchase, is something that you have to have within your school. It's a non-negotiable. I love sharing information with educators and program administrators. I have had so many successes, but also so many failures in my education tenure. I want leaders to know what not to do, but better than that, what to do. So, I decided to write a helpful guide, Best Practices for Center Program and Activity Directors. It's short and to the point. It's a compass to guide education leaders. These best practices will give you a foundation to lead your school, program, or organization. You can find best practices for center, program, and activity directors by Jared Cuff on Amazon or Amazon Kindle. This week, I want you to take notice of the amount of evidence of learning at your school. How much work is on the walls? How much work do you actually see going home with your families? Also, train your staff on how to be when you have company. Please train them. And I'll talk to you all next week. That's it for today. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating, review, and subscribe to the show. I love to hear from you. You can visit my website, which is in the show notes to contact me. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and speak to you all soon.